What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast where this week my guest is the lovely Chris Thompson. Chris is an extremely talented short and long distance runner. A staggering 23 years on from his international debut, Chris made a fairy tale return to the Team GB ranks for Tokyo 2020. Five days after his son Theo came into the world, Thompson shattered a marathon personal best that stood for seven years at the British Athletics Marathon and 20km walk trial at Kew Gardens. He completed the course in two hours, 10 minutes and 52 seconds. His first Olympic appearance came when he represented Team GB at the London 2012 Olympic Games. In 2010, Thompson was part of a British 1-2 in the 10,000 metres at the European Championships with a man who won the Olympic 10,000 metre gold in 2012, Mo Farah. This episode really is for running purists. I found it really interesting hearing Chris talk about how he feels about running and how for him it's not all about times and distances, it's about feeling. Thank you to Wild Goat Festival and the Ellie Suter Foundation for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. We'll chat a little bit about both of those later, but for now, let's get straight into this conversation with Chris Thompson. <laughs> well, Tomo, we'll, we'll jump into it. We've just been talking about zoos and cricket, which is not at all what we're going to be talking about for the next section, but it, we've literally okay. spent 20 minutes talking about that, which is really, really interesting, but maybe not as interesting for the people that will be tuning into it. No. Um, but hello, welcome to the Outside and Active podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm excited to get into, uh, as always, see where this goes because it chats with yep. a 20 plus career can go anywhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm really looking forward to it. But we're going to kick off this podcast with a piece of advice. And that is a piece of advice that someone who has been on the podcast as a guest before is leaving for someone that they don't know. So it's about anything. And this piece of advice comes from David Whistle, who's an online strength and conditioning and health coach. And um, he's taking on his first ultra marathon this weekend as of when we're recording it. And his piece of advice to you is just take everything one step at a time, focus on one thing and do it properly. So I guess the question leading on from that is, what's the one thing you're focusing on right now, other than the cricket? And <laughs> are, are you able to do that even? Um, yeah, no, and it, it's good advice because I, I have to say that's, I actually said something similar to someone who's going through some issues at the moment, a fellow runner who's reached out about an injury. And uh, I found myself more and more doing exactly that of taking bite-sized chunks out of big problems uh, because you can't, especially as you get older, and there's more and that that whirlwind of life just whips you up more and more. Uh, and now I have a family and so many other curveballs being thrown in the mix. It's you've got to really you've got to really try not to take on the world in uh, in one big step. So um, at the moment, I kind of when I used to be a runner, I used to be focused on whatever big aim I had. But now I've got two or three things. Some some I can't fully discuss because it's personal family yeah. sort of kind of drives and where we want to be, you know, the five-year, not the five-year plan, but certainly where we want to get ourselves to over the next few years. Uh, but running sense, I, I'd like at the moment, 
uh, I've had a bit of a niggle, but I'm trying to get myself, trying to get some training together to get to see if I can make the world road running champs in October. And at the moment, and I'm putting a race plan together to hopefully maybe run a marathon later in the year. But as I say all this, this is all very much like kind of, I need to get back training first and foremost. So I've put those things in place. Uh, but the bite size bit is I need to get back running because I've had a tip post niggle for the last couple of weeks and I'm not, I, I mean, I did a hobbling 30 minutes this morning, so I need, I need to get back to sessions. That's the first port of call. Uh, and I can't let these aims kind of interrupt the process to get back. So, um, that's kind of what I'm doing, but, uh, and obviously <laughs> alongside that, trying to be the best dad that can be the best husband. And it sounds, it sounds cliche, but it's, but it is kind of eye-opening how how much sort of you do have to kind of almost use that planning and passion and aim mindset with running and apply that to life because mm. before you know it things can get on top of you and I do you can find yourself or I can find myself kind of being overwhelmed with things that uh that usually are simple but you throw a kid in the mix you throw you, you know making a living and trying to keep everything above water it's 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 a, it's a big juggle which i like and enjoy but you do have to be uh you do have to be mindful mindful of things so yeah that's quite interesting just picking up on that what characteristics do you take from running career into everyday life commitment scheduling um motivation stuff like that um a, a, a lot of stuff i mean i'd say it's it's everything that i am as a person uh, i think and i and i find more i find it more because obviously for, for a long time my world has been running and i've just been in teams and i've been surrounded by very s- similar people with the same mindsets and the same drives and the same goals and then you see your family who aren't runners or friends but not often enough to kind of see how actually how influenced I am by running. Um, and it's only been in the last couple of years where I've kind of started to, I guess you could, uh, you could use the word I've entered the real world a bit. I've entered reality of what the real world is and not this bubble of elite running because it's, it was never going to last forever, obviously. And I do find myself facing challenges uh, like uh, the, the, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like, especially when Theo was in the first six months, I was extremely tired and extremely fatigued going through, going, trying to look after him, trying to avoid illnesses. And I found myself trying to, to section off when I wasn't a runner, like, and trying to be self-taught myself to keep being strong and and see it as a moment in time and see it as like a this is my winter training before the summer and I not quite literally but I found myself self-talking to myself a lot like I would through running and applying that kind of mental strength of bite-sized bits as we talked about at the start um and I think the the, the other big thing I do is athletes are very well I was I was and I think most athletes are very kind of structured and very organized and very uh, routine based and I get a lot of my strength through that but life is quite chaotic it can throw curveballs and I found myself constantly anytime I felt like I got into a rhythm with life and a routine with Theo and training and 
other things that I'm doing with on running my sponsor because I'm not just a runner. I found as soon as I started to relax and think, right, I'm in a rhythm here. I know what I'm doing day to day. Something would happen. Theo would get ill. I'd be up through the night. I'm tired. I can't do my session at the time. Like, you know, you can't take him to nursery. I've got him. I'm, I'm, there's all these deadlines for different things. And you find yourself, I, well, I found myself really having to work hard at, um, changing my mindset to being a lot more adaptable to to that um and i think that running gave me the strength to be adaptable even though i didn't have a solution because we don't have the answers for everything it's just having the ability to take a step back and go take a deep breath and go right i can find my way through this and i can restructure things i know where i need to be i know the routine i know the structure i want but right now it's just chaotic. Just deal with it bit by bit and you slowly get yourself back to normality, knowing when you get there, it's going to be thrown into chaos again. But I think that kind of athlete kind of, and again, because of the number of injuries I've had, which is kind of the chaotic version in athletics and that fear of losing things, Mm. that fear of just realizing i'm you know the number of times i've i've stared losing everything in the face and having to take a step back and go right i can only deal with the the next couple of days um you know there are things get better they improve by just by just this is almost becoming like me talking about what that advice is it's almost like it's like he's darren brown me into uh into this <laughs> conversation but yeah so yeah I'm, I'm i'm trying to bring myself back into the room a little bit here but yeah it does it does feel like my in my core when i'm around people now that's not from the athletic world i find myself talking and doing things and talking about things like i'm an athlete um and it's and, it, and I like that because I think I can learn of people that aren't sports people and how they deal with things. And I feel like I can apply what I've learned through sport to uh, to yeah, tackle the next stage of my life, really. I want to tell you a little bit about an event that you should not be missing this summer. Wild Goat Festival. Coming in hot this summer is Wild Goat Festival taking place on August the 11th to the 13th and it's a mix of sporting events, music, food and heaps of fun outdoor activities for all ages. Take on these stunning Lake District trails with some of sport's greatest leading the way including Steve Cram, Paula Radcliffe, Steve Blackley, Chris Thompson who we're chatting to now and even more. Set in the beautiful South Lake District, Holker Hall, The routes are incredible and you will take in coastal views, fells and the lakes. You can book your tickets now at wildgoatfestival.com. This question is quite broad and it's broad on purpose because I like to see where the guests go with it. But what do you Mm. love about being outside and active? Um, I think for me, it's, it's got... Like I go back in my brain to the, this word balance with a lot of things. And I think being outside and active and obviously for me going and being outside and active is, is actually not just about, uh, I, I am actually using that time to achieve goals and 
at the moment be elite but i don't think that matters because i can it's still about being fit and stuff for me and that balance comes through how i feel it it offers enough of a challenge enough of pushback of i don't want to do this especially on cold wet days the feeling i don't want to do this i'm on my if i do a run on my own all those those things that make you feel like i don't want to do this are there yet you do it you get the euphoric feeling of doing it the challenge of doing it finding a way and then afterwards you get this real high from the whole thing and i think you get this really nice blend and balance of personal challenge with uh the buzz afterwards it's not easy it's not it's as difficult as you make it um the variety you get the air it's there's not a lot you missing from outdoor activity for me um because like if i went for a walk which is not physically challenging that's great and it's fresh air and it represents one thing but pushing my body to its limit is not as relaxing as going for a steady walk but it challenges me mentally and i find coping strategies that 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 i come out the other side and i feel like i'm like i can finish a session and feel like i can take on the world with problems or situations i'm having in life and so it it kind of i've really poorly tried to explain the word balance and what it means to me but it, it just it's the emotion of that of everything the challenge of it the highs and lows and dealing with the success and failure of it and they're just you never regret a run because even if you have a if i don't have a good run you know physically performance wise i still it's my it's my reset to life if i don't go out for if i don't go and do exercise i feel groggy for the day if i go out the door and do something i come back and it just resets me it's like a it's like my reset button in life whatever it is i'm going out to do so um i don't i think and again taking myself off down another route here i when i was growing up i never i wasn't a fan of i wasn't in love with running i was in love with pushing my body and and i just became very obsessed with how i felt very quickly i found myself kind of getting a real kick out of how hard can i push myself and i can remember when i was like 16 17 the training sessions at Aldershot, getting a real buzz out of just trying to go faster and faster and faster and just really enjoying that kind of weird sort of twisted like <laughs> of pain just mm. pushing myself it was weird is it breaking that- breaking um breaking barriers as well like seeing how far you could push yourself on a metric side or is it more on a feeling side feeling it was all feeling because again to me, times and stuff didn't matter to me then. Right. So if I was on a field or on a track, like it, at that point, I had nothing to compare it to, really. So it was in an, if there was any comparison, it was with the athletes I was running with and friends I was running with. But I just internally very quickly got to grips with this feeling of taking myself to this edge, this physical edge. And I can remember, I remember. And again, my mate actually brought it up to me like a few years ago. Um, and this is going back, this is going back to when we were 16, 17, and he brought it up to me. And I did it was doing this grass session 
and I, I can't for the life remember the distance of the reps or the recovery or anything. I can't remember. All I remember was just legging it every rep. And every time I just ran as hard as I could. And every time I finished the rep, I was like whooping, going, come on, just like this. I was just got into this frenzy of just couldn't, I couldn't exhaust myself enough. And it, and the reason my mate brought it up is because he was, he, he really peed him off <laughs> <laughs> and he remembered it as a really annoying thing. And, but I remember it as being a moment of, wow, I really found this, this tipping point for me. And as you get older, you then become, you use, like you're saying, the metrics of times and stuff, because you're, that's another way of measuring you are getting quicker and quicker. And that kind of obsession with pushing myself kind of, hence why when I got injured, I'd use cross training and I was at home with it because the metric I loved and fell in love with of pushing myself, I could apply that to cross training. It didn't matter where I was running, cross training, aqua jogging, whatever it was, it didn't matter which is why I think I got through a lot of injuries is because I was just married to that. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's become part of my DNA and my it's my reset button to, to everything in life. It's become this thing that's that I've kind of not realized was I've, I've becoming become reliant on. I say reliant is not I don't like to, I don't like to think myself as reliant on anything because I, that's not how I'd like to think of things. But it's it's something that is definitely it's it's become like a this reset or this thing that just structures my whole day and my life mm. is around that feeling of just of oxygenating my body in some way. Uh, and it's it, from a young age it, it was it was clearly part of my dna to, to do that to myself and it's obviously i'm not going to be able to do that for the rest of my life because that's too draining but it, it, it still manifests in a, in a different way of going out the door and yeah breathing in as much oxygen as i can which unfortunately well i say unfortunately fortunately is a, is a lot which is why <laughs> i could do what i could do but yeah it's um i can really i can actually vividly feel and remember when I first kind of started to go wow this is that that kind of place you take yourself to so when athletes elite athletes have talked about and I've heard athletes talk about that some athletes talk when they get to the end of a competition and you know that build up to that sprint finish and they almost get excited they just like they're in agony but there's this almost like this weird excitement in themselves and I didn't unfortunately I didn't have I haven't had quite the uh in career I'd like to have been to that place too often but I know what they're talking about that thing that separates I think elites is when they get to that point they don't get nervous they get excited by just the the, the place you're taking your body to and it almost becomes like it's you and your body and the winning section and the beating other people is almost like to almost secondary because you trust your body and mind to do the job to get you where you need to go. I mean, you see it in Mo, like use Moe an example when he's going down that home straight, that look on his face, he's in a different world. He is not on the track winning a race. His brain is like just in overdrive and he's loving it. And I that's think not that's something what, that you can train. That's not something you can train or, or fake. You certainly can't fake it. Can you train it? Well, it's I guess uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess p- continually pushing yourself and pushing your body, it puts you in a position where you can reach, you know, that at a greater level. But def- I would say so then certainly mentally, there's no, you can't, like you said, you can't force it. No, because it's it's a blend of, it's again, for me, the, for me, to, it comes back to the word balance and what outdoors means to me is there's got to be a balance of, 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 and I don't like to use it again, don't like to use the words anxiety, but that, that, the fear or whatever you want to call it of doing it, that relaxation and drive. You've got to have that perfect blend to go there. Um, because, because you've got, I remember my, my current coach now, who was the head coach of British athletics, Alan story at the time he was the head coach. When I spoke to him about this, when I was a young athlete and he is still my coach and he is my coach now. And I remember him saying, I used to wake up some mornings thinking, oh, God, I've got a hard session today and dread it. Because that pushing of my body became, like, almost started to tilt into, like, a real fear of it because I knew what I had to do. To put, I had to take myself to this place again. And I'm like, oh, I've got to go back there again. I've got to go back. I remember it over, after four or five years of doing it, it started to become, like, oh, a fearful thing. And I spoke to him. And I, I didn't ask him about it. He just brought it up. He said to me, if you don't wake up scared by what you've got to do or fearing the session you've got, you're not in the right headspace. And I thought, yeah, he's right. I, you need to respect it. It's like, it's like when athletes make rounds of a 15 look iffy because they're looking they're trying to feel easy you know i always hated the heats of a five because i all i wanted to do is feel easy because i the main rounds the final so it's you you you're starting off on the wrong foot because you're taking you're not respecting the fact you still need to be a hundred percent mentally you may physically not need to exert the full hundred percent but you mentally need to expect yourself to be ready to do it and so heats became this or, or, or this kind of nuisance. And so if you didn't fear the session of where you're trying to take yourself or fear the competition, you're not, you're not ready um, because you needed that to get yourself in the right men's space to respect the challenge that's ahead of you. Um, so that was a real, and again, there was a few other incidents when I was a, a kid that kind of helped blend that, how I, how I took this kind of, this love for pushing myself, how I, how I had to mold it into what it was going to be to be sustainable. Because again, another thing as you learn, as you get older is nothing to me, nothing is sustainable forever. You're, you're always adapting mentally and physically to what's going on around you. And I've, I've rebirthed so many times in sport in mentally and physically to keep myself going. And I think that's what I've realized again with my career that I've been doing this for geez, my first GB vest was 98. So we're going back along, you know, last century and I'm not the same person I was then. I wasn't, I've not been, and it's almost like I've kind of chameleoned myself every five, six years based on what's going on. And I think even now, now as I transition towards, uh, out of elite running, it's how can I take everything and all those learnings and apply that to life? Because the one thing I do know is if I'm not waking up out of bed in the morning, 
having a little bit of fear of whatever I'm going to do in the day and thinking this is going to push me today, then, <laughs> then I might struggle because, again, I'm used to, wait, you know, waking up tired is a bit annoying, but waking <laughs> up thinking, waking up uh, thinking, you know, today's going to represent, there's going to be a fair few challenges today and at least one of them needs to be outdoors. Uh, then then I know when I, at the end of the day, as much as I might like to just sit down and watch a few films, I know I'll have a better, I'll have a better experience getting into bed at night um, by having those things in and how I can sort of slowly apply that. And my wife and I, and my wife's an ex-Olympian, 800-meter runner, Gemma Simpson, now Thompson. Bless her, she put up a fight to change her name. <laughs> but um, she succumbed to the Thompson. She only had to change a few letters, so I don't know what the big deal was. <laughs> But um, we talk all the time, like now, because she's been retired five or six years now. And we talk a lot about, especially now that we have a young family of, you know, we talk a lot about how we want to control our life more than life controls us. And again, that's being a bit philosophical, but that's because that's the athlete in us going right you know, if Gemma's not able to get out the door to run as much as she'd like or be physical outdoors with her job, that doesn't make her happy. So what do we need to adjust? How do we adjust the weekend so that she can get that? What kind of things can we put in the diary that, that, that helps to achieve that? So it's, it's you know, we the last thing we want is for all these years of running to um, to go to waste and not be still part of our life in some way. Um, so, yeah. The Ellie Suter Foundation was set up to support young winter sports athletes through funding initiatives and coaching them through the pressures of professional competition following the tragic death of Ellie Suter in 2018. Importantly, the foundation is now focused on raising awareness of the dangers of concussion and has recently parted with Impact Online Concussion Testing. The Impact Baseline Test is an online assessment which measures functioning of the brain in a healthy state. Take the test and store it on the free app provided so you can carry it with you. And in the unfortunate event that you experience a concussion, you can then sit a post-traumatic test to help medical professionals determine changes from your original test and help you with your recovery. Protect your brain health. Purchase your online test now for just £12 through the ellysuter.foundation. It's interesting saying about um, waking up every day and experiencing wanting or expecting to do something difficult that sort of plays into the idea of getting comfortable being uncomfortable and I think that's mm-hmm. quite a good mm. can be quite a good advice for a lot of people that are listening that actually if you're not you know if you're in a position to do so if you're not pushing yourself within your job or exercise or whatever it may be then you're you're, you're sitting at a sort of plateau and constant you know and depending on what your goals are like for, for you it's pushing your body and pushing yourself or or wanting to achieve something getting comfortable being uncomfortable is quite important it, it absolutely because it's again again i i often say to myself what's what's the p have you heard of the princess and the p fable no please tell me have you not oh it's it's uh again it's not it's not um I've slightly tweaked the meaning behind it. So therefore, like in terms of for my thing, but the idea is uh, a princess is on a, 
mattress and um, whoever it was puts a little pee underneath the mattress and she can't sleep because she's not comfortable. So they put another mattress on and she still feels it and it annoys her. And so they keep putting mattresses on and 100 matches and she still feels the pee. I need to look up what the actual proper thing behind <laughs> it is. Because uh, this is a terrible story, but the, the, it's because I know half the story of that bit. And so I've kind of thought to myself, well, what's the pee in my bed? What's stopping me sleep? That's how I've twisted right, it okay. in my mind. So in my mind, it's like, you know, I'd love to not have any peas in my bed so I can have a great night's sleep. But reality is that pee in my bed is what keeps me fighting and breathing to 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 make that pee disappear so I can sleep. And then I want someone to put another pee in there. And that's it's, again, um, I'm, you, you look it up and I look it up. After. It's, it's really terrible. I don't know. Everyone's frantically reason, googling like, about pe- yeah, peas yeah. and uh, peas and beds now on mattresses. I think I think it's to do with if my memory serves, I think it's to do with the reason she's a princess and that's why she can feel it. If she wasn't a princess, she wouldn't feel it or something. I I could, but she's not relevant to what I'm talking. I think it's something to do with that. But I will say to myself, what's the pee in my bed? That's not literally pee. (laughs) Well, I don't think pee has ever been said so many times in in an interview I've done or maybe even just in a conversation. Well, yeah, I need need to, yeah, it's P-E-A, not the other one. Um, so it's um yeah so again so it again leads into your being comfortable to about being uncomfortable because i think as well we are by the by our very nature we we are we're designed to want to overcome adversity to thrive and i think that's where you know if you make things too comfortable, and I found this, um, you get lazy and you get comfortable. And that's not helpful to not just not just uh, just generally in life, but to your own psyche. I mean, it's it's what the, the saying of idle minds is the devil's work. And I think that's where that's where for me, I'm very conscious that that when I do get frustrated or find things difficult, it's like, well, actually, this is this is good. That's a good thing, even though it's a challenge and difficult and I don't like it. Um, because I don't want to retire from life early. And what I mean by, I don't, I'm not talking life and death. Mm. I just mean through the, the, the stress and strain of life. I'm not, you know, I'm 42. I'm not ready to stop fighting for whatever I want to achieve. And I think, you know, at times I have more energy when I have a bigger fight on my hands. Like for the first year of Theo's life, it was really challenging. And I feel more tired now than I did then because he's got easier. <laughs> and I've said to Gemma, I said the other day to her, I said, look, he's he's becoming easier. He's easier to manage as a, as a baby, as a human in our life. And that's making us lazy. And so there's little things like to a, like because of that, we're finding ourselves uh, getting a bit lazy with our evening routine. So when we feed him and then bath him and before we know it, it's getting to nine, half nine at night and we go, Oh, we haven't put him to bed because we've switched off. And then what happens then he has a late night, he gets up late. It has a knock on effect. effect. And that's just a life thing that you go, well, hang on. When we were, you know, first year we were really hot on it, getting him to bed early, getting in the routine 
and I and we were like, no, no, this is we're we're getting lazy because he's easier, and we're finding him more fun. We want to keep him up at night, and so it, that's a kind of a real life thing of recently, and we're trying to get him back. So last night we, this is a very recent thing, and um, we got him to bed at half eight, and we're like, we need to keep nudging that, bring it forward, mm. because again, it's just, it's it's woken us up a bit to the fact we're getting a bit lazy so i think yeah we are we are i think we are personally i think we are programmed to to need a challenge and i think we're programmed to have to fight for things um and and i'm conscious that obviously the bigger the fight the bigger the high which is not necessarily a good thing either you almost need lots of mini challenges and every now and again stick a good one in there so something that's really tough hence where for me running represents that is I tried to keep my year kind of lots of little challenges and then I have one big one for that big high. And obviously you get a big crash. Like London Marathon for me was a big crash for me. And that's part of the reason I got lazy. I picked up a niggle and now I'm having to reset and get back to those mini kind of challenges and then go for another big high, big crash. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's appreciate. I guess it's appreciating that we, you know we we want an easy life, but it's not as fun as it. I don't think it's as fun as it seems. A it lot, would you think it would seem? A lot of people could relate to that post big event crash. We've had people from our team, and I've done it where you have a big event. You uh, whether it be um, whether it be just in life or in running taking on your first ultra marathon or marathon or even mm -hmm. if even if it's a park run you're building up to that through couch to 5k and it's that drop off that adrenaline you know that you have that big adrenaline higher than the drop off and you said you've experienced that as well mm -hmm. how do you battle back um so well one of, one of the ways one of the things i do because I, I know it's coming i put things in place uh, so after this London, I had I did um, a couple of 10Ks, two and three weeks post to kind of taper off that feeling. So I knew, so again, so when I, because it was a marathon that I, that was my particular peak, after a marathon training, you do need time off. And it's really easy after a long race like that to take a week becomes two weeks, become three weeks, become four weeks. And before you know it, you've taken six weeks off and you're so deconditioned that you've created a big hole. So I put little things like that into sort of taper off. Um, and I think for me, I've gotten used to the fact you just have to accept, you know, this, this that you're going to get a low um, after the initial high. And it's kind of, I kind of tried to take it easy on myself of just allowing myself to flop and using those races to keep some sort of structure and discipline. So there's something in there that I, do I want to run a 10 K two weeks after a marathon? Not really. Um, but I'll just do it to kind of force myself not to go too low. And then hopefully the low's not as big having those aims and having some form of structure. Cause you know, you still, I still ate my pizza. I still um, had a couple of beers but knowing that's there stops you having being too stupid with late nights or too stupid with junk food. Um, and then hopefully when you start to come out of it, you can, I have to say about three or four weeks after by putting them in and allowing myself to go do it, I found myself kind of going, Oh, I'm quite motivated again because I've sort of brought the floor of 
uh, I was going to say ceiling, but you know what I mean? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of how low I crashed, I tried to keep it low by putting things that actually I didn't really want there. So again, it cut, falls in line with putting something in. I don't, I don't really want to do this. It's annoying, but it, that it stopped me from making, a, making too many uh, bad habits. Mm-hmm. Cause again, again, by having a physical aim in life or a physical thing in your life, it gives you more of a reason to be healthier or in a better routine because you know, I don't know, getting, get like, and I see it with my wife for Gemma. If she's got a big day of meetings, she doesn't think to herself early night. She goes, she'll be up till stupid o'clock planning. She'll get a late night. She might even have a drink just to chill herself out. There's no motivation to be healthy for the meetings in the, in a room because all she's got to do is get up, wake up, have a coffee, sit in front of a computer. For me, if I've got a big day the next day, it's a session. I need an early night. I need to drink. It's like because the aim involves me looking after myself, and so therefore, again, um, those races represented stopping me making too many mistakes. Mistakes is not the right word, but, you know, letting go too much. Um, and so, uh, again, it's a nuisance, but you'd rather I'm not there, but it, it sort of helped me. But I, I'm very good at, I've gotten used to, so rather than say very good, I'm, I'm not bad at um, knowing feelings and are only a moment in time and the cause of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like after my first ever marathon, I felt really down for like a good couple of weeks. I couldn't understand why I felt really kind of fed up and miserable. And, and they said to me, it's cause that's the emotion of a marathon. And I'm like, what is, what, what? I was like, why? I'm not like this. This is not me. I'm a jolly kind of, I was, I was fed up. I just run 211 one of, and this is pre shoe so one of the fastest debuts by a Brit ever I don't I don't know what I don't know what order it was but it was high up and it was um I qualified for championship I'd done all this stuff I it was my big at that point the biggest payday I'd ever had on a single day I had all these good things a lot of publicity and I felt fed up and it was purely because of what we're talking about that massive high and that challenge and you've achieved it you've got to the top of it and the number of athletes that talk about at the end of a summer just are just flat out just no matter how good the season is you just you just almost become a bit i don't know you get a bit lost mm. you've lost that purpose that drive and so though and again i never real i never thought of one event doing that to me in quite that way it was way worse than when i won medals on the track or anything like that it was a way bigger low and so when so you kind of get used to and you know what's going to come and you know you know that the the, the kind of triggers that make it worse um but again um you know you're going to come back for more so you know it's a moment in time you know you come out of it and you know it's like being ill you feel when you're ill as heck and you're in bed and you think oh am i ever not going to feel like this but you know in the back of your mind you won't. You will feel better. You you don't know how, you don't know when, you don't know how long it's to take, but you will feel better. <laughs> That's a great metaphor, yeah. It's, it's fascinating that the way you talk about running is very much emotional and feeling. But when you cross yeah. over to that elite line, there surely at some point is 
there's a, there's a time where metrics do come into it and you do have to think about times and qualifying and pacings and all of these things that may start to shift that balance with the enjoyment and the feeling. Yeah, which is, again, I think I touched on it earlier when as, as, I, as I got older in my, in my younger days, you do start to compare, contrast, and times matter, qualifying times matter. Um, and you have to learn to drip feed that in of how you balance that. So I, I, I developed a relationship that with the clock and the track and how I would. So for instance, that again, I, my memory, my first memory of trying to work with a, with a clock system was I, I'd run 800 meters reps. So I did, I would do 600, six times 800 off a lap jog, so about three minutes recovery. So this is going back when I was 18, 19. Um, and I would, I had, I, I had, because of the way I pushed myself, I had this habit of going out very hard. So I would invariably run like a, a 61st lap and then I'd hold on. And so that was my, I would almost ignore the clock on the first lap. And then once I saw my split, I would then adjust to go, what am I fighting for, for the second lap? And it was a, the second lap was about the clock. And so I kind of drip fed that feeling of what I was trying to do. And I actually, I, I remember I, I, I got and they became this habit where I would be a bit of a last lap. I would, I developed this, um, I don't know what you call it. Like, um, I'd almost got this reputation for being a last rep hero with, with what I would do. So I did, I, I remember doing six, eight hundreds and I would go out in, like I say, 60 and then usually ran around a 64, 65 second lap. So I'd run about 204, 205, whatever it was, 800s for like five. So I was only 18 at the time. And then uh, people would stop and watch me for the last rep. And most of my training partners would stop by then. And uh, I, 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 it's there, was, there was a few sessions like this, but this one particular one I remember at the time, and I remember that everyone stopped and I saw everyone was looking at me and I thought, right, the adrenaline kicked in. And I went, so I said to myself, go as hard as you can for the first lap. And I ran a 56 first lap. And then I was like, right, Thompson, you've got to hang on. Because at that point, you realize how quick you're going. I was like, you've got to hang on. And bear in mind, my t- at the time, my PB for 800, I'd never broken two, two minutes. And I thought, I've got to hang on here. Um, and then it became like I started looking at my watch and checking the splits. And I ran 156, I ran a 60-second lap. Wow. Um, and Mick was my coach at the time, told a lot of, a lot of, told a lot of, uh, coaches in the area and people about it and were like, Thompson's ready to go. And, and again, at the time when there's before social media, before, um, the kind of access to information now, it was all very hearsay and all very kind of word of mouth and athletics weekly aren't going to post about sessions cause that's not the idea of it. So, and athletics weekly and, I think I I don't know I never got it but run as well the the, the outlets for information wasn't as 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 easy so and a uh, and Mick was singing my praises for it and I ended up a lot of people didn't believe it I ended up running 1407 for 5k ran a smashed load of records and a lot of people were like whoa and I was second in Europe at the time when I did it and so I backed it up with performances but but again, the point was I was at that time, I was trying to find a way to, to, to kind of better myself. And I became, then it became about trying to get quicker, but still keeping that 
thirst for how do I push myself to the best I can. And uh, now, fast forward to nowadays, the way in which I apply those two kind of methods, and I was talking to someone about this, and I'm kind of giving away a little bit of my secrets now because I think this is going to become, I think with the way super shoes are, come about i think it's going to become very important that athletes learn to do this in my opinion um is that balance between the two of chasing times and chasing the red line and so i will do things like uh in marathon in my marathon prep and, I, and before london this london i did this um i would run for i use this training day i use to get to, to to be precise so i did an hour tempo in the morning and i did an hour tempo in the evening but the one in the morning i allowed myself every mile or as often i wanted to check my watch and it was basically every mile i would check my split just to check how i was getting on how i was feeling just to gauge my mm. effort because i knew roughly my fitness and where that kind of because I was at altitude as well I was at 7,000 feet so I was kind of gauging right this will help me not go out too hard because I can like, sort of if I'm going out at 510 5, for a mile the useful bit is that information tells me I'm not overdoing it I'm not underdoing it I should be able to maintain this and I ran something like I think I ran about a 506 average for for an hour so i'd have to double check what that is like in the region of it's around 11 miles or whatever just over 11 miles but in the evening i went back and i tried to do the same thing without looking at my watch so i ran the whole effort just to feel and i was like right what feels like the right pace to run as hard as i can for it well not as hard as i can but run hard for an hour so where's that feeling like and i ended up so I knew where, oh, that was it. I got to 11.3. That was it, 11, roughly 11.3 miles for the hour. So I knew where I got to in the morning, the mm. point I got to. And I thought, right, I was running going, don't look at your watch. And I thought, just as I was getting to that 11.3, I thought, right, I have no idea what I've run. I might be a minute, an hour and two over. I might be, under, I had no idea what I was running. I just went to look at my watch at the point that took me an hour. I looked down, I still had, over four minutes left to run wow i went whole crap and i got i got to the it's over no just under four minutes sorry no yeah it's about four minutes whatever it was i ended up running um 12 miles on the dot for 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 an hour and i thought and again part of the usefulness of that is still having that connection with my body still understanding my body and where that kind of line lies and how i can sit on it and married up with the fact i know the information when i do look at my watch having the confidence in that and that's how for me i bring together the best marathon i can because in a marathon now i jostle between the two i will use the first part of a marathon to look at the time and make certain i'm in the right rhythm I then will at some point, like I did in London Marathon, I got to about eight or nine miles and went, my feeling and the clock aren't matching up. And I checked out. I just switched off and I started running to feel for the next half an hour, 40 minutes. And I pulled off the, the group and I just ran my own race. And then once I got to that, I think, I had, what was it, half an hour, 40 minutes left, I then started switching back, right, what am I, where's the clock at? Where am I at? And I switch in and out of it a lot. And again, it all comes back to when I was a child, when I kind of built those mechanisms. And I think 
the way shoot tech tech I, I couldn't do that as easily and i don't really remember if i really did it i don't think i really did it at all when i first started marathon running but now with the way shoe tech is like i think you see it in some runners when they're not aware of where they are they surprise themselves but others need it and so it's 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 an interesting kind of thing where i think um you know history is almost irrelevant now of because history used to be the thing we gauged how fast we were running and what's right or wrong nowadays it's like throw that out the window it's like anything's possible the london marathon guy just ran 59 minutes for the second half i mean <laughs> history says you can't do that <laughs> only if you're doing in a controlled manner trying to break two hours has anyone ever run sub 60 for the second half of a marathon so you know it's it's and I bet he didn't look at his watch every five. So again, so again, <laughs> I, I've kind of tailed off a little bit there, and I hopefully answer your question. But yeah, again, definitely. it's 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 a real kind of uh, that that kind of relationship for me between my mind and body has always there's always been this intrigue there for me in terms of, and I think I, if I be honest, I say be honest, if I be true to myself, I think I judge myself a lot on that. I think. I, I think I do judge myself a lot on trying to be the best athlete I can for me and just in life and how I approach a day. And I I think that's something I do a lot and I am my own biggest critic and I am to a certain extent my own, I do, I do go easy on myself because I think from, I think it's just, it's just that relationship you build when you're outdoors and you're running you can really build that relationship with yourself in a way that I don't see how you can anywhere else. Cause in running, there's not, it's not like a skill, which is distracting you. You're not trying to with a tennis ball, you're not fixated on a racket and a ball. It's you and your mind and you're developing a relationship and falling in love with yourself. <laughs> it sounds really weird that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you just, you, you're, you're getting to know yourself in a way you, I don't think you can in anything else in the, in, 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 I don't. I can't think of anything else where you get to know yourself better than being outdoors running. I just, it just is a a unique kind of world you go into in yourself. And I think it's, um, I don't know. I spent a lot of time running on my own, and I spent a lot of time running with people and all that. And it's, it's again, again not quite literally, but it sounds a cliche to say my best ideas come when I'm out running. But things do feel a lot clearer. They do feel, and I do write down things when I come home, problem solving, everything becomes a lot clearer because it's almost like the place I can go to and be, think a lot clearer, act a lot clearer. And what's the best way for me to attack this problem? Um, And it's something my dad did, to be fair. My dad would, he, when I was young, he couldn't, and it wasn't something he taught me. It was just something that, that, you know, my dad, we, we weren't, rich as a family we were my dad was a hard-working guy my mum looked after me we didn't have a huge amount of money i mean my first ever running shoes was pair of running shoes was that i borrowed from the school um because we couldn't afford to buy any um i had these they were called nickies not nikes because um that's all we could afford and it's like so the extension of that is my dad wouldn't drink because he couldn't afford it so his de-stressing after work on a Friday night was going for a run 
and um so my first ever run was going out for him because i thought oh, where are you going and i just i'd every now and again go out for a run with him just to see what he was doing because <laughs> and it was just his way of resetting from the day then once he did earn some money he just got pissed <laughs> 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 but no no i'm, I'm joking but it, it's it's um uh I, th- yeah. I think every everything you've said in the last five minutes uh, for someone who, uh, long, uh, sorry <laughs> well but specifically that about what how you can just how where your brain can take you on a run and, and that feeling for someone who's been in the running community for the last sort of two and a half years before that if I'd have heard that sentiment I would have completely thought how is that even possible running is mm-hmm. the, the most either boring or stressful or like just annoying thing ever like how do people enjoy it but over the last two and a half years and meeting and speaking to people like yourself and my own experiences, and there were people listening that will agree, like that is just so true of running. Like, yes, there are points where you're pushing yourself and you're you're going for PBs, you're going to really push your legs and to, to push yourself mentally. But if you want to head out on a on, on on your easy run and just hit the trails, have your headphones on or off, or just start to you know, get out of your head or think about problems or whatever, that, that I think there's a lot of people that will be able to resonate with that. And I'm really, I'm happy that you kind of said that was your experience as well. And, and I mm. wanted to ask you, I asked this to, to quite a few people that you know are running an, at an elite level, but I think I'm most intrigued by your answer because of the way that you've spoken about running. But what would you consider to be your biggest achievement in running so far? In running, so, <laughs> well, because I answer that in, a, in three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies, because I know I go on and I really I like it. Here we learn. go. <laughs> I, learn, I need to learn to be more media savvy because I know people need <laughs> quicker answers than I can give. I just, my brain, it's my part of my dyslexia. My brain just like. The podcast is the, anyway. the, podcast is the perfect platform for this then. Yeah, because you can edit it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I don't touch it. So, the, the the three the three things for me that pop out when I silent like, because it depends on which angle you're coming from. Because I mean, initially for me, uh, my biggest achievement is from one angle is my sustainability. I mean, and I, 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 I have to. I don't have to say this, but I say this because I've seen and been around long enough that I think the challenges and the injuries and the issues and the financial situations I found myself in, because it is an issue I would have buried people. And I, that I'm very proud of the sustainability and I've managed to keep myself relevant and keep making teams as long as I have. That's for me is, is as big a achievement broadly speaking, as I think anything I've done because of, you know, the amount of times I've been told I'm done, not just from doctors, from other coaches, people looking in, and none of them are wrong. I just don't give up. Um, in terms of actual physical performance, I would, again, I mean, there's, I could even subgroup that a couple of times because I don't, to this day, I don't know how I ran 2.15 in the marathon in London in 2016 at the Olympic trials. I have no idea how I managed to run 2.15. I did that off. I mean, I'd been running four or five weeks. Um, wow. I'd had, I'd been out for so long. I'd, even even at the time, I, at the time, I remember thinking to myself, um, 
I'm making this team and and I kept believing it till I didn't. I mean, that again, there's a whole story behind that, but that was ridiculous. I, again, I look back and think, I don't know how I did that. But in actual physical achievement, it's either going to be my European silver medal or my 27-27, which again, that's kind of the simple answer to physical peak in terms of best performances. But it's kind of, for me, that's kind of a boring answer because I, we all feel like we could run quicker. We all feel like we could have done more as athletes. And so to a certain extent, I'm going, well, that's the closest I got probably to a physical peak, Yeah. but it's not. And hence why I don't really judge myself on that. But the, the, the final bit of the three things is, um, is, and it's the thing that will, and I get a little bit and people who do know me know I get a bit choked when I think about it is, um, is my Q Garden Olympic Trials win because, and and the reason that was so special was um, because again when you think about running you're just thinking about the performance but for me it was like, you know on the Friday I'm running the race on the Monday before, I've become a dad, I've shattered my hand and broken bones. Um, it was, it's it's. I didn't realize when I stood in that line how much how much deep down I didn't believe I could do it until I'd finished. And that's why I know I can I'm a, my wife calls me stubborn and um uh cocky and all these things and it's she's right because I had no right making that team none at all. And it's the only time when I finished, the reason for that outburst is because I'd suppressed, I'd somehow suppressed the fact that I truly didn't believe it was possible. I'd somehow swallowed it deep to the point where I'd built myself up to go, yep, I've had no sleep this week. I don't care if I can't pick up the bottle. I don't care about what's happened over the last eight weeks. I'm making this team. And I'd somehow screwed up this piece of paper of disbelief and shoved it so far deep inside me and even in the race like uh, yeah i got half an hour into the race and that piece of paper inside me started unfolding mm. and it's you know the lines in it of this isn't happening started coming out and you're going shut up shut up shut up and i had to and that and that was a key moment in my in my running to my own rhythm and mind for you know just switching off and go just run Ignore everything, just run. Not look at clock, don't look at anything, just run. And I heavily relied on that inner nature in myself to be able to do that. Um, and so that's why it felt so such a proud moment of, I didn't, like I said, it sounds a really strange thing to say, but I, I had no idea how much I didn't believe because I didn't let it. Because that week, even my wife said at home, like we, we got my son home and anyone who's had a child knows that that not everyone I guess feels like this but we certainly did we felt like how are we allowed to take this little thing home with us you're letting us take it home even though it's our child it's almost like no we're not we don't know what we're doing what you're talking about like you're taking this little helpless thing home with you and in my brain I was like yep I know what to do get him home let's go and like my wife was completely acting normally and I was acting completely irrationally of yeah I know what I'm doing yeah we do this we do that he cried I'd literally pick him up yeah I know what I'm doing like I just had this glazed kind of 
feeling of I have to finish this off and it almost and I and I it was even my, my wife said to me like the week after she said um because she said uh you were she said she couldn't believe and again I, <laughs> it sounds bad coming from me because I shouldn't be saying it <laughs> she said she said to me she couldn't believe how assured and how she said a few other things which I won't say because it sounds it doesn't it's, like I say it doesn't sound right coming from me but she couldn't believe how I'd approached the whole thing in terms of how assertive and sure of myself I was right. it's, it, and as soon as the race was over I was like I went back to what I should be which is a a bubbling mess of I don't know what I'm doing I'm a dad I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I, I, just, was, I was just in this I just suppressed everything because you, you when you want something enough it's like that saying of you know, we're all just faking it to make it. And how many times do we find ourselves in these situations where we go, I'm not qualified for this. I'm not capable. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, that is life. That to me, that is fundamentally life is we all feel like that. It doesn't matter how high up someone is. We all feel like we're out of our depth. The difference is, is not, not judging ourselves on like how well we do it's the fact we just give it a go and we just try and in, and some you know if i hadn't made that team you know I, I it wouldn't have surprised me and i would have been proud of the fact i tried but you know what what if i did and i did and now i've got a memory for life and i can tell you hunting stories of moments where I didn't achieve what I wanted. There's way more failures than successes. But I I struggle to remember them because you only need one or two good moments and you'll forget them. And the part of the reason that was a success is because of the number of times I buggered it up and I believed in something stupid. And that, again, it's a sounds crazy, but like, and it sounds cliche, but... And you hear these little, I mean, and this is relevant today, the number of times you see on social media these little snapshots of talk, people giving one-liners about, oh, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get get up, and all these cliches. And it's, to a certain extent, I think people can get carried away in the, the initial moment of hearing it and going, yep, yeah, cool. But you have to apply it. You actually have to do it. It's not about just hearing it and going, yeah, that's a good saying, I like that and appeasing that moment, that feeling in that moment of, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's, you make it your being, you make it everything you are. And I tell you, and like I say, like, this is a bloody long answer to your question and I keep doing it and I'm so sorry, but you asked me <laughs> your best athletic achievement, but that's why, because it had everything in it. That Q Gardens had absolutely every emotion, everything. And I think, I am an emotional person and you but I and I was a very emotional kid but I learned through running how to control that mm. and running is the the running has taught me um again I'm about to go off another story and I won't and I, unless you want me to but you know moments why I got so emotional I couldn't run and you realize you've got to control it be emotional but control it perform and then let it out again um, because 
you need to me you need emotion to run fast and run well and you need emotion in life to 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 want to keep coming back but that emotion also drives you to failure it drives you to bloody depths of despair to mm. then fight and get out of it but it's um yeah a lot a lot Good of thought. what a lot of what have you've said it can be surmised in the quotes <laughs> you have in your instagram but as in like oh, yeah. if you were to extrapolate all of that out into your into your experiences and your successes and and difficult times i think it's if, if you're willing to keep fighting there is always a chance and mm. that in that story about the qualification at q with just after your your son was born is extraordinary and i was going to ask you about that so i'm glad that you've spoken about that because and and getting you know unpicking what is it you know a two sentence sort of headline into actually what the experience was and how it felt and, mm. and wanting something that you suppressed all of these negative emotions and sleep and physical all the things that were against you that should have not happened to then go and run that qualification time is is quite extraordinary and 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 you i can see it if you're you know if you're listening if you're listening to this you, i can see it on on Zombo's face, like massively, like recounting everything and that feeling, and and going back through it. And if you're watching, you will see it as well. But um, yeah, an an extraordinary, a, an extraordinary feeling. I imagine. Uh, thank you for, thank you for for sharing it, um, yeah. with us. No problems. Sorry um, it took take so long. I no, go, I love I go, it. it ugh, I just I need training to, to nutshell things, <laughs> no. and I apologise. I just I'm terrible with it. It's uh, well, even my, my sometimes my wife before I'm even on my mouth she goes. Are oh, you boring me? And I've not even said a word. <laughs> How long? How long do I need to schedule in for the for the conversation? <laughs> well, I, I, one of my aims of having these conversations with people such as yourself is to inspire people in their own journey and take fragments of conversations and advice and people's experiences to implement into their own lives. And I think this is an example of one of the most well, one of, one of the best examples for a conversation that will play into that. And so I, I thank you for that. But um, kind of speaking on inspiration and fun of running and exercise, I kind of want us to finish talking about um, an event that you're involved with and you're going to be involved in and you are you are now officially named a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, the, the greatest of all time. You're one of the goats. <laughs> think that's i mean it's it's flattering slight i think it's slightly stretched considering uh the company of people that are true goats <laughs> but um yeah no it's, it's it's very nice to be put in i'll, I'll put in this we'll call it the subcategory goats the subcategory <laughs> goat. okay so unofficial subcategory goat. goat um at the world goat festival which is which is uh, taking place in august and there, there will have been an advert in this podcast but in talking a bit more about it um but you know, obviously, what, are you excited to be there? And also, how does it feel to be part of something that's inspiring people to be active? And also, a big part of it is inspiring the next generation to find find out what they enjoy about cycling, running, and fitness. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool thing. Um, I have to say, I'm I'm glad I'm going to be there because when you look at it, and if you go to the website and look at what's happening in the events it's uh <laughs> i think i'd be gutted if i wasn't going um because it, it it looks on paper looks absolutely awesome and it will be awesome um but i think the like i say like the 
well, like you said about the uh, the different things of inspiring and being around the company of some of the fantastic athletes that will be there and the the opportunity for the younger generation to participate in whatever form takes their uh, takes their fancy because again there is so much on offer this isn't just about um, going to a, an athletic event and watching elite athletes or club athletes or whatever this is it's it's seeing goats or great athletes in in a very social very free roaming environment and i think that's a very cool thing for for that the event has um and while people can be physical they can obviously they can camp there's there's baking shows going on there's nutrition talks there's it's informative it's fun there's games there's the pool is um a family run there's literally something for all age groups i mean my son is two and a bit and so i'll be obviously will be going as a family um so even though i'm meant to be a goat um i will be i'll be maximizing the fact that this is going to be a fun weekend for yeah. the family um and again you're gonna it's it's access to everyone it's just a free roaming culture of people to have a great great time and i think i think i was i was looking at the site and thinking to myself about how you describe this and it's one of those uh one of those few things where actually when you just look at the event schedule and what's on offer in the map it that to me is as exciting just looking at the different things because you can't put into words all the different things that's going to be available quite quite easy so easily um and again i'm from cumbria as well so and that makes it a massive thing for me as well because it's uh it's my home home county um and yeah uh, a lot of my family well my dad it's my dad's side of my family and i was bo- i was born up there so we we've got i've got a lot of family still up there hopefully some of them are going to come along i don't know they haven't confirmed yes or no to me yet um but yeah it's just it's just a i think it's when you look at it there's nothing else quite like it on the calendar uh when it comes to bringing family uh the different kind of activities the relaxed nature of it um and the uh and being outdoors i mean it's and again being able to you can go along as a day you can go along all weekend it's it's what you want to make of it um and a setting like the lake district and hoka hall you can't really beat Beautiful. it but it's it's stunning um are you going I, well, we hope so we hope that the o and a team are going to be going <laughs> we, we, we've been chatting to the, the team that have been organizing it and i know S- steve and josie cram have been putting in a, a lot of effort to Mm. Uh, to make it to make it as awesome as what you've just spoken about so no we're looking we're looking forward to it yeah it's it really is i think the thing as well because it's um there's it because it's a first year i think as well i think it's something that again sounds like it, it sounds like it, i'm being a bit biased but because i'm being involved but i don't think it is is i think this event can only go one direction and grow as mm. people uh, see and feel it and touch it for the first time um because the people behind it and the passion and how much they love you know it's not this isn't this is something that pe- people are putting their passion and love and trying to bring other people into that bubble and i think that's what makes it brilliant this isn't just being put on for the sake of it or being put on for for something to do it's this is a passionate group of people that have achieved a lot in in their careers and from all different worlds triathlon 
a great British Bake Off, running, marathon, track, all these different things, javelin thrown in Steve Backley, swimming um, with Karen. And it's like coming together and being passionate. And that can be fed off for anyone that wants to come along and join. And I think um, I think that's a really cool thing, uh, in, in my opinion. I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just really, I am genuinely really excited to go. Uh, I can't wait. And I can't wait to see Theo's face when he uh, races <laughs> Isla and uh, Raf Paula's kiddies <laughs> race number one. <laughs> so There'll be some competition there. Him, yeah, yeah, there's going to be some competition. <laughs> there's competition, but it's all in light-hearted like kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, no, it's um, it will be awesome. I'm sure we'll get the weather for it being in August as well. Absolutely. Get the rain out of the way now because it's yeah. been raining recently. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get past it. Tomo, thank you so much for talking about Wild Goat. We're looking forward to it, but also. I can't tell you how thankful I am for your time to talk about um, to talk about your experiences, especially whilst the cricket's on. It seemed like uh, an age ago yeah. we were talking about the cricket, so that's probably now what we're gonna we're gonna have to go Check, and catch up yeah. on and see what's happened. But um, the, the final thing from you, um, and again, I'm really looking forward to this. Is I are, <laughs> okay. I gave you a, a piece of advice uh, at the beginning of the conversation uh, from David. And now it's your opportunity to pass on a piece of advice to someone coming onto the podcast in the near future. <sighs> so many things that go through my head. That's the problem. I don't. <laughs> You've used them all up. I know. Because <laughs> you, you reminded me of my Instagram thing and I'm, I've got that in my head now on my, uh, on my lead thing. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think I'll plumb, I'll go with, because again, so many things are remember, but I'll go with, it probably comes around that it's all about balance for me. I do think, I think uh, whoever you have on next um, uh, should see the balance of it, that, that equal amount of time dedicated to being outside your comfort zone, being comfortable, being setting yourself a challenge and that balance of, to to circum circumnavigate life through through uh through equal equally amount of i can't do this i can do this <laughs> i'm not gonna do this um and the uh and the realization that i think again i'm going off on one story i'm like it's i don't have one-liners i need to work on them <laughs> that, that that feeling of like failure is part of success like you you need those learnings of all the things that go wrong to get the success you want through the balance of all those things and i think it's um yeah and again i I don't know how you explain this to the next person but it's that, that instagram post of if you're willing to fight there's always a chance uh and it's yeah I love it. Balance and all that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would have, to be fair, and I'm not just saying this, if your previous podcast person hadn't said the bite choice, I probably would have said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that got me off of the bog, because I probably would have gone with that, because that's easier to sort of pass on and, and think about. But I think, yeah. I, yeah. Look for, I look forward to passing that along. I'll probably clip it up and, like, send it to them before. Really? You're not going to use the whole lot? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I'll clip uh, the whole lot and send it to them and let them know. No, uh, Tomo, yes. thank you so much for being a guest. And uh, yeah, I look forward to passing that along. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much, mate. Good to be on. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Outside and Active podcast with my lovely, lovely guest, Chris Thompson. I really, really enjoyed this. I, um, like I said in the intro, I assumed wrongly that as a really, really talented runner, you're thinking very much about the times, the distances, you know, the splits. Whereas actually, he spoke almost... 90% about how running feels and I really highly recommend that if you're a runner or if you want to get into running that you you do this and you try this because ultimately you want to run to feel good. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do share it with someone if you think they'd enjoy it just as much as you. We'll be back next week with another episode and an amazing guest. Until that time, enjoy the outdoors.